Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. You know, when we look back on history and, and, and history books are written and we watch documentaries, usually it's things that have happened in the past mm-hmm. and you, you you kind of place yourself in there like, well, why weren't there more Bonhoeffers in Nazi yeah. Germany. Why, Why weren't more people speaking up? You know, every you know every college classroom, everybody you know, every student says, you know, if I was alive in the 1860s, I would have been a, an abolitionist. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, everybody kind of puts themselves in a place. You think, how could that have happened? What was wrong with those people? Well, there's kind of a formula. One is is, is the general population is kind of ignorant to the truth. Mm-hmm. And then number two, uh, evil is allowed to, to thrive when good people do nothing. Yep. And uh, man, it's not an enjoyable topic to, to dive into, but we want on our watch, you know, with the Flyover Conservative Podcast and this platform, that we are shining light on not things, mm-hmm. not things to to just get clicks and and, and because it, it's it's horrific, but the uncomfortable truth of what's taking place on our watch. This isn't mm-hmm. in history fifty years ago. 200 years ago, there's something happening right now while every single person, if you can hear my voice right now, it's it's happening on your watch mm-hmm. while you're alive in this time frame. And I, I, I think most people fall into that previous category is because it, it, it's it's kept in the dark and they're ignorant of the truth mm-hmm. of it. Um, not being dumb, ignorant just means you're you uninformed, don't you don't know, or you think it's so minute and so obscure. We've seen that the, the rise in people's awareness with, with human trafficking, mm-hmm. uh, something even a few years ago, I would have thought, oh, it's probably, probably very, very rare. Uh, and then you realize the numbers that are involved. Mm-hmm. But it took it took images, it took movies, it took documentaries, it took brave people speaking up. All of a sudden, okay, now we got some light shining on that. We got another thing that is happening on our watch. And uh, very thankful for somebody for seven years. Again, most people don't know now. For seven years, has been shining light on this. There's a podcast um, called. Uh, Generation, Generation Indoctrination. indoctrination. Um, it's available everywhere you receive uh, uh, podcast information. Steve Bannon highlighted this a few days ago. We're going to play one quick cut uh, from an episode that they did. As a parent, if you've been in the other room while your child had a tonsil surgery or anything, there's a concern, Anastasia. It is anything involving your child you're concerned with. Uh, put yourself in the place of, of this parent. We're going to play just one cut from uh, this podcast. Indeed, few people will ever know the -the off-the-charts anguish of what it's like to be powerless against the medical establishment, surgically maiming the child you love more than your own life. But Amy knows it, and it haunts her still. I asked her to share what it was like in the final moments when she realized that she could not prevent the supposed professionals from performing a radial forearm phalloplasty on her daughter. I felt like... My daughter was tied to train tracks and there's this train coming and I was trying to stop it. I'm screaming, no, please don't hurt my daughter. Whatever you do, don't hurt my daughter. Take my arm, don't skin her arm. Don't hurt her. Please don't hurt my daughter again. And there was nothing I could do. They did it. And it was just the night before, just staying up all night long. Like, I've never prayed so much in my life. Like, God, please do everything you can to stop it. And I couldn't, and it didn't happen. I wasn't able to do that. And so just being in the other room, knowing what doctors were doing to my daughter, knowing they were skinning her to create some crude manifestation of a penis, um, I just thought, what has this country become? 
Why is the United States leading the world in mutilating and sterilizing children? Where are we? What has happened? So sad. I think, I think, and I think this is allowed to happen because for one, uh, there's is almost a religious like cult that is behind this. And then number two, the ignorance of the general population, mm-hmm. uh, not pushing back because they don't know that it exists. Um, and, and if I were to, to, to survey, I think most people, even in my family, they'd probably mm-hmm. say maybe this was a couple of times, two or three. Um, we've got some, some stats with, uh, that, that are available. Um, this in 2019 and 2020, um, this isn't isn't rare. Uh, roughly roughly four thousand times uh, this procedure has genital has taken place just on males and females. Just the the genital procedure uh, on healthy males and females, and uh, quite a lot of evidence to say many of them are minors. Um, again, I mentioned for seven years, uh, there's an individual that's been speaking out on this. He's a host of the the podcast that we, that we just played. Um, he's from the Christian. Post, an incredible news outlet, and uh, he's a friend of the show and actually a friend of ours, Mr. Brandon Showalter. Yay. Thank Yay. you so much, Brandon. I mean, you're thank doing it. you so much for you're- everything that you're doing to expose this because there's a lot of people that have no idea. Thank you. And it's good to be with you. And what that, that chart just really does, that was just, and I would just say, 4,000 surgeries on the genitals of people and males and females alike. And that was just in 2019 and 2020. There's surgeries that have happened before and after that. And that was just one snapshot. And that's just the genitals. There's tens of thousands of breasts that have been amputated, facial shaves. These are butchers. I mean, there's no other, there's that's maybe not the most professional way to say it, but these are the most unscrupulous doctors that you could ever seen. And some of them, if you look them up, they look like sociopaths and I don't have any qualms saying so. Brandon, yes. Brandon, walk us through this process because I, I actually was doodling on my notes when Stacey and I were talking about this because um, let's just say here you have you have a, a home and it's a family. The child mm-hmm. leaves that home, and and they picture well they they're in the public school they're they're out of our protection, but it's probably not much different than when I was in school and mm-hmm. and all that. When people are very aware now with libs of TikTok and everything that the school system is different than probably what any of us experienced when we were in school. So they go to school, and from day one, there's there's pronoun changes and questioning mm-hmm. identity from kindergarten on up. So, so you, you have that against you. And then if a child has this question, that's kept from the parents. So they, they the, this home is isolated. You have the school and then, then the psychologists. And again, they treat mm-hmm. these, these are not your children, they're the state's children. Um, that's, you know, Marxist philosophy. And that's exactly what's mm-hmm. taking place in there. Then you got the medical uh, profession, you know, also all of these large institutions are teaming up. You have big pharma, that, Media. that profits from from day one mm-hmm. the rest of their lives because they got a built-in customer forever uh, with this. And then then the media from TV commercials, sitcoms, cartoons, all, everything is geared mm-hmm. towards questioning your gender. How many genders are there? And maybe maybe you're just in the wrong body. So in, in this little, what looks, looks like a factory assembly line from the minute the child walks out of the house, gets on the school bus, it feels like 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 one of those like like a like a big assembly line, a factory towards uh, this end result that we just heard this mother crying, it all happens outside their watch. So it's, it's, it's the home, there's this shield and all of these big institutions working against the family, working against that child. They're all heavily funded and heavily motivated. And you have this, this, this blind family home that have no idea that that's happening outside their watch and it gets them on that anywhere in that process is, is, is on the list of options 
is it ever presented to the child of, hey, you might grow out of this. Hey, this is just a phase or hey, is, is that one of the things or is it just, if you thought this for one moment, you're, you, th- th- this is the path mm-hmm. that, that, that they put you on. Is that, explain to us that process. Yes. And you know, what you just spelled out there, David, is exactly how it works. And that is not conspiracy theory. That is not overstating it. That's not hyperbole. And for anyone who would want to say, oh, that chart, that's really not when you consider how many people there are in the United States, that's really not all that many. (laughs) Well, first of all, one is too many because this is not in keeping with good medical ethics. But this ideology is everywhere. And they will be immediately affirmed as another sex or gender identity, as the phrase goes. If a child so much as expresses the smallest modicum of doubt about who they are as either male or female, there's an entire apparatus, and you spelled it out so beautifully, David, where they will be sent down the path in a very systematized way. And so for anyone who wants to think, oh, these surgeries that sound so gruesome are so rare, it's like, no, the ideology is everywhere. It's in our schools. It's in our media. They've got this going on in the prison system. We've got, I mean, this is the ruling dogma of the day. And our children are being, you know, sent down this path of sterilization and surgical mm-hmm. disfigurement. And the family fracture that is happening is, I think, some of the worst suffering. So, no, your, your child will, I've heard stories of guidance counselors sort of coaching children to sort of deceive their parents or they have even what they call transition closets in school where they change clothes and come out as the other sex while at school and then change back into clothes and their their parents are none the wiser. This is absolutely the ruling policy of the day, especially if you're in a more liberal state, uh, liberal area. But you'd be surprised at some of the phone calls I get where even very conservative states, very conservative areas where teachers and others are deceiving parents uh, and their children are being sent down this psychological and then medical path. Sometimes even in states like Oregon, there's, you know, medical operations even within the school. So it's just, it's so, it's so beyond the pale of what anybody could have imagined. And worst of all, the media is manipulating and deceiving the public from what's really going on. And it is left to folks like me, other conservative and Christian journalists who are, you know, <laughs> screaming, you know, for however we can be heard, but it takes a while to sort of punch through the information blockade because the mass, the corporate press continues to twist language and, you know, misinform the public about what's really going on because they assume, they assume this dogma, gender ideology is a good thing and is in keeping with science, even though nothing could be further from the truth. But it's absolutely systematized throughout all of our institutions. And the way you spell it out, David, was entirely accurate. You know, it's interesting, Brandon, we live in Missouri in a very uh, conservative community. And a lady I was talking to a few months ago, um, her child is in sixth grade, and um, they were calling her by a different name at school. And her mom had no idea until she received actually a postcard in the, the mail to that other name for her daughter and how they were really proud of her. It was from a music teacher that was really proud of her uh, for the changes that she's doing and standing up. And um, I mean, that's right here in a very small conservative community. I want to point something out. You know, we were listening to the mom talk and um, I mean, it's really sad when you hear that, but I don't think most people actually even realize when you talk about these genital surgeries, what's actually happening to these girls when they are creating penises for them, they're actually disfiguring their arms. And I want to share a picture, but before we do that, I want to warn everyone, um, it is very graphic, but I want you to see what they're actually doing 
to these girls um, when they are creating the penis. So if we could put that picture up. And then, Brandon, do you want to explain? Man, just seeing it, it makes me want to cry. Um, yeah. But but can you explain yeah. what's going on here? And then, I mean, what happens that their, their arm is going to be always disfigured? Yeah. What you see on your screen is called uh, a radial forearm phalloplasty. And that's the post-operative image there where they harvest skin and tissue from the forearm. I've also seen them do this with the, from the back and for the legs where they have to get a skin graft. There's a number of ways in which uh, they do this, but this is permanently disfiguring the body um, in order to sort of roll it up and make it do it into a tube where they'll have to do all kinds of, you know, stuff to your nether regions in order to make that work. And for, for you, for people to be able to you know, urinate through it. Um, sometimes it doesn't function and it's won't get a steady stream of urine. It'll be a spray. And it's just, it absolutely disfigures the body. And the, you see the image on your screen, that young woman who had her arm disfigured will very likely have to have many follow-up surgeries to try and continue to repair that because her, I, I very much doubt she'll be able to lift heavy objects or you know, play sports or even use her, her arm in a normal way because it has been, uh, has been maimed. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's brutal. Um, these, these surgeries, they're they're called phalloplasties. What some of them then go on to do is they try to put fake testicles in and they sort of, I mean, these, I don't recommend Googling. Like I actually, I mean, it is actually important that people see these images because it's the Mm -hmm. atrocities that really wake people up to just how serious this is. You can't, gloss over it with euphemisms like bottom surgery or gender affirming mm-hmm. care when you actually see what they are doing. Um, and wh- by what standard, this is the question that I go back to all the time, David and Stacy. by what standard of biomedical ethics are these surgeons amputating physically healthy body parts? Mm-hmm. When did that become okay? Yep. Even if you have cancer in your breast, it, to remove that organ, that's a legitimate, you know, morally licit purpose mm-hmm. because you're trying to prevent a disease, a physical disease from spreading to other parts of the body. But even that is considered, that's the ultimate last resort because then you will not have, right. it means surgery can damage your body. But the, at least the goal there is to stop the spread of a disease. There is mm-hmm. no such standard when you're removing a physically healthy body part. The standard used to be, and Paul McHugh, who was the big um, psychiatrist at Johns Hopkins, who back in the day was able to get this shut down before this modern trans push started and it reinvigorated all this uh, insanity. His point, if I remember correctly, was that you, because you do not know if a patient is going to regret having that removed and because it's going to impede the whole function of the body, because if you remove a breast, for example, you will no longer be able to breastfeed. If you're going to impede the function of the body as a, an entire organism, you never remove a body part. You don't have to be a Christian to believe that. Mm-hmm. That's just a very sane and ethical point. It, it's bipartisan as well. Yeah. This isn't a left or right issue. This, was not, this should never have become a politicized thing. We just recognize that the body is meant to function as an entire unit with all of its systems intact. And so you don't cut off healthy tissue and slap it onto other parts of, mm-hmm. of the body that will require you to have a lot of you know, post-operative mm-hmm. care, take pharma laughing all the way to the bank. This yep. is the farthest thing from medical ethics. And I frankly think we need to see some tribunals convened again for these atrocities that are going mm-hmm. on. Worst of all, it's marketed to our youth in the, uh, the nomenclature of identity. People believe that they need to take these drugs and undergo these surgeries in order to become their truest self. And that's part of the ideological indoctrination 
that we unpack at great length in our podcast, Generation Indoctrination. And we struggled whether to even show that picture on there. And I was, I was reminded of a story, uh, you know, during uh, slavery when they, they there's, a, there's a gentleman by the name of Peter uh, who had been who had been whipped as a slave, and they showed a photograph, and it circulated in the northern newspapers. There's a picture of it there. It's horrific oh, to even see. It's terrible. And, and, but that image, once seen, now it, it it changed the conversation around slavery because it went yep. from something that was far away, I'm not really involved with, to where when you see that, you can't unsee that. Nope. And and that's why you know we showed this picture. I think people need to be aware of this is happening again on our on our watch and it's being done for profit and it's being done also. And again, in an almost cult-like religious way, <clears throat> let me wrap up with one last question uh, for you. The argument that I, I hear in these conversations is, is they'll present it to parents and the child, like you would rather have this than your child dead. You'd rather have this mm-hmm. than a suicide, mm-hmm. you know, because that yep. this is this is what you're presented. Of course, a parent's going to like, oh, I'd want anything other than to lose my child. Mm-hmm. Like everything yep. is mm-hmm. better than losing my child. Is there any evidence to show that that really is the the fork in the road, and that that suicide rates go down after this? That mental health improves, quality of life improves. Is 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 there anything documenting that other than just more this religious fervor around this is the only pathway to go? Absolutely not. And it is the most diabolical manipulation, that line right there. Would you rather have a living son or a dead trans daughter or something like that? Yeah. That's what causes parents to freeze. LGBTQ activists like to pump out their junk studies proving that suicide is going to increase or whatever if you don't allow your child to go on these drugs or have a surgery of this kind. No. uh, Suicide is an an extraordinarily complex phenomenon, many contributing factors. There is no evidence to suggest that that exists. And there have been some anecdotal cases, and so people do know that, well, they're, they, they, so they use those tragic cases to sort of prove that that's a trend or something. But no, there is not. Uh, parents who are told that, it's, it's, and that's just one kind of manipulation. It's probably the worst. You're, you're told mm-hmm. that your child's going to die unless you drug and sur- surgically sure. operate on, yeah. on them. That's the worst kind. But the, the the manipulation of parents and the fracturing of the parental child bond is, I think, you know, in addition to the medical carnage, some of the worst effects of how this mm-hmm. just crushes crushes families. You you all have been so gracious to have me on your show to talk about the Dead Name documentary, which I think showcases that better than anyone, and people can still go see that at deadnamedocumentary.com. But in that same episode where dear Amy talks about being in the next room while while doctors performed the radial forearm phalloplasty on her daughter, I also do interview the dad that is profiled in the dead name documentary. And we mm-hmm. believe, we don't have conclusive evidence, but we have very strong, compelling evidence that clinicians uh, were willing to give his cancer-stricken 19-year-old son cross-sex hormones. And we believe that he managed to get his hands on them and take them. And sadly, that 19-year-old boy did die. And we believe the, the hormones exacerbated his cancer and caused premature death. So the horror stories abound in this space, but you can go listen to that episode, uh, that same episode that you played there and go to deadnamedocumentary.com. I hope that 2024 is the year where the plight and the misery and the anguish and the agony of these parents and families is heard more widely. I yeah. think 2023 mm-hmm. was a big year for detransitioners, who, those who underwent these surgeries and hormones and lived to regret it and tell about it. But the way families have been crushed, that has not been heard nearly as much. Um, and I just hope that they finally, that their voices are finally heard in more than just the conservative and Christian media. We, we need mainstream news to finally get it together mm-hmm. and 
leave this dogma in the dustbin of history where it belongs and tell the stories of how this destroyed so many families. And actually having Christian uh, leaders speak out against yep. this as well and not mm-hmm. hiding in the dark with a, with a feel-good message. Again, Bonhoeffer right. is remembered because mm-hmm. he stood up when others didn't. And in this moment, uh, I'm curious who does. That's exactly right. So Flyover family, make sure you share this episode. Uh, be praying for yeah. Brandon. Be praying that this information gets out there. Go to generationindoctrination.com. Again, generationindoctrination.com. From there, you'll be able to watch the episode. You can also, on wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find it there as well. And it's even on YouTube. Yep. Brandon, thank all the, you. All the links are down below, yeah. too. Brandon, we thank you so much for everything that you're doing to help this, get this information out. We really appreciate it. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, it used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff. And it was 75 years before, 50 years you yeah. know, before. And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office. $700 more a month. Than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending. But we can take care of ourselves. You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets. And now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to 75, if it goes to 100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. Public service announcements for all of you that eat and you survive based on food. Now, if you're... Uh, I think that's all of us. Well, there might be someone out there that's like, I don't actually eat. I live, or I just live on Skittles. I painted a picture of a butterfly. If you depend on, on a rounded diet uh, based on everything that you need, the minerals, the nutrients, everything involved, you need a good protein source. Nothing sustains the body like high-quality beef. They don't even have to put on the label anymore what's in our foods. <gasps> But when we go to flyovermeat.com, we know it is clean meat. And the way that you know is because there's no lab-grown meat. They have a shelf life of actually 10-plus years on the meat. No mRNA jabs. Very important because, man, we do not want that in our body. All-American beef, high-quality product, and 100% natural. So eat well today and eat well tomorrow. So go to flyovermeat.com. Use promo code FLYOVER for a huge discount. Hello, Flyover family. Join me every Wednesday for the Prophetic Report at 1111 Central. You can find it on Rumble. You can find it on the Flyover app. We have such an incredible time of hearing from all of these different prophetic voices like Robin Bullock, Julie Green, Barry Wunsch, Amanda Grace, and Hank Kuhneman. Every week, it's either five or six different prophets that are speaking. And what's interesting is God is speaking through them. And all of these voices come together like puzzle pieces. It is so exciting to hear what the Lord is saying. We're hearing from medical. We're hearing from military intelligence. We're hearing from the financial world. We're hearing from mainstream media. But the most important is, what is God saying? 
He has not fallen off the throne. He's not nervous. He's not chewing his nails. He is in control. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. What a great time to be alive. And I'm so excited for you to join me every Wednesday at 1111. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.